Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're looking at the Bears at the White Sox lease. You know, has six or seven years left to go. And the White Sox have some options. And they might move out of the city. They might move out of town. They might go to Nashville. That wasn't us. That was a guy at Cranes. Now, ever since the article came out, well, I've been reading about that. I've been threatening to move the team to Nashville. I mean, th th that article didn't come from me. But it's obvious if we have six years left, I think that's what it is, we've got to decide. Are we, you know, what's, what's the future going to be? And you know, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. But I've never, I've never threatened to move out. We, we haven't even begun to have uh, discussions with the sports authority, which we'll have to do soon. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score. That, of course, is the voice of uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. And he's talking about uh, maybe the secret meeting with the mayor. Was it a secret? I mean, people saw him there. With the mayor of Nashville and the stories that uh, have uh, come out since. And um, maybe Jerry, maybe this means Jerry's looking at his legacy and has a different idea. Let's hope so. But we're delighted to welcome in our guy, Mark Gannis, uh, with SportsCore, the sports business expert. Always a delight to talk to him get the information from him, and Mark joins us on the SCORE hotline, which is powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Mark, good morning. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Good morning, fellas. Always great to talk to you. Well, I, I mean, honestly, my reaction to this, and I said this to David when we got in before we even went on the air, I, you know, you want to talk about high concept? I love this idea because this would create a new neighborhood. You'd have like the White Sox version of Wrigleyville, you know, Reinsdorf land, whatever way we want to look at Jerry it. World. Jerry World. Oh, God. And, and I love the concept, I, I, but I worry I'm playing fantasy baseball here. That I, I just let my mind go, is, is there any – is there anything real about this? Is this just ideas? And, and as David says, there's no comments, which usually means oh, there's something to it. So I'm trying not to get too excited and, and build all this up in my mind. I think it's a great idea. You know what, guys? It is a great idea. Uh, whether it happens or not, you know, that's, that's above our mutual pay grades. But it, it's, a, it's a terrific concept. It's, a, it's one of the last open sites in the urban core. The city and residential areas are moving south and west uh, versus, you know, the north side, the near north, and, and uh, you know, along the lake, as had been the residential uh, movements here in the city. And there's enough land to do something really cool there. So, it, it it should get people excited. It should get you excited. Whether it happens or not, look, we know politics around here are toxic. We know that it have to be some kind of public-private partnership, as the Bear Stadium would need to be if it's to stay in the city. Um, you know, we, we know that uh, Related Midwest owns the land, and they didn't buy it to give it away. 
you know, they, they, they bought it to do something significant with it, make good money off of it. I've got to say, it's, it's an exciting concept to me also, and it would make the White Sox a much more relevant ball club here in Chicago. I think you're right, Mark, and I think beyond just the baseball impact, you have to look at what the economic development, what it would mean in the city of Chicago itself, in the South Loop. You look around, there's not a ton of development going on, and there would be an opportunity there to do that. And, and the, you feel like it's legitimate because how? why else would – Jerry Reinsdorf and Brandon Johnson talk about something that is wasting either their time. It's too valuable. Their time is too precious to go down this road without feeling like they're headed towards something potentially very special. That's why I think, and the way it was reported and the way people you talk to, the more this is out there, I feel like there is a shot that it's more than just a concept if they could work out a lot of these obvious Chicago issues political and economic problems that we know exist. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on, on what it could mean. Jerry doesn't waste time. Politicians, sorry guys, but they waste a lot of air time. Uh, but, uh, but Jerry does not. Uh, and so if this is something that he is looking at and is serious about, uh, we should all be very seriously looking at it because, you know, it, it, Jerry, whether he speaks or not, when he does speak, He's he's pretty truthful. And we're not you know, that's that, that's uh, so, the, you know, when he said that he wasn't talking to the, to, to the Nashville mayor about moving down there, I, I take him at his word on that. And if this is something that he is interested in, he can he has the ability to move a lot of uh, a lot of pieces uh, on the board to get something like this done. And when you talk about kind of creating a neighborhood type of deal, are we talking about is there an expectation for public funding to some of this stuff and and that's not a popular idea well listen uh you know we 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 all three of us here know that that uh, the stadium that the white sox play in now is paid for entirely with public funding uh its upgrades are paid for entirely with public funding a lot of its operating expenses are paid for with public funding i don't think we should uh, look at this and think that somehow or another the White Sox are about to be self-supporting like the Cubs have been at Wrigley Field all these years. That's not been their history here in town. Uh, and if, if that's the expectation, I'm not so sure uh, our optimism is going to be is going to come to fruition. This is going to need to be some sort of, as I called it, a public-private partnership of of some kind. And public funding is always part of a public-private partnership, fellas. So when you look at the comps, Mark, I, I think that from the ballpark perspective, I compared it to what you want is, boy, PNC Park is nice. It's a state-of-the-art facility, and you got the view of the city. But I think when you look at the development project in totality, it might be more similar to what was referenced in Atlanta, Truist yeah. Park. It's a, you, know, you have a mixed-use development. There were 10 million people, I think, that went through the battery, as they call it there in Atlanta. You've got hotels and restaurants and shopping and other things that develop as a result of the baseball being played there, incidentally. So is that the idea, and what would that do for that area? The, the battery in Atlanta or outside of Atlanta is, uh, is a great example to be looking at. Now, you know, truth be told, the, the White Sox could look at doing something like that in a suburban location. It doesn't have to be in the downtown core where things will be far more expensive to build, but also have, have significantly more upside. 
But that is a that is a that, that's the example that a lot of teams in baseball are looking to emulate. It wasn't just that the development sprung up around the baseball stadium. It's that the development was planned concurrent with the planning of the baseball stadium uh, and is, uh, uh, for the most part, owned by the same organization that owns the baseball team. So this was all done part and parcel together at the same time and has been a very big success. And it's one of those successes, one of those few real estate things that you can look at and actually uh, assess it from public documents because that that whole operation is now part of a publicly traded company. So you can look at it, you can see just how successful it's been, how much money they've made, how much money they've invested in it, and can use that as a template um, for for this site or or a suburban site if if that's what the White Sox choose to do. And and we've been told that the seventy eight that that actual area is known as a qualified opportunity zone, which means. There are breaks for tax profit mm-hmm. with the thing. Can you explain what that means for building a place there? Sure. What what um, the, the the federal government has had, and along with local governments have designated certain areas as as zones where economic activity that takes place there gets special tax treatment. Uh, Sometimes those tax benefits are sold to help with the development in the first place. Sometimes uh, they are, um, there's, it's money that comes in on an ongoing basis, depending on how much, uh, what taxes and employment are, are generated on that site. That site also has some other limitations because of the railroad tracks that, that go through it. Um, It's interesting that we have quite a few sports facilities that are built alongside um, railroad systems. Uh, That's because they have limited other use uh, around them, like take Baltimore, for example. Both uh, the baseball stadium and the football stadium, uh, both are are built uh, right next to active railroad tracks. Uh, so that's that's something that could work actually quite well uh, for for the White Sox in a stadium on that site. When you look at obviously this is very premature, but when you look at maybe the Sox developing the 78 and built, putting a, a baseball only facility there, you do wonder about 35th and Shields. You do wonder what happens to that neighborhood if it is vacant and there's a void of a ballpark. If you're the Bears, are you at all curious about looking at this chain of events and maybe domino effect and looking at possibly that as a potential site for a football stadium? The the uh, you know the domino effects chain of events, uh, both both the White Sox and the Bears have to be looking at whatever is going on in major developments in the city when it comes to that. Whether that site works or not, uh, you know, 35th and Shields, um, the, 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 there there are some sequence issues and timing and. I'd say quite a few um, challenges that uh, would not work well at 35th and Shields. But your, your, your fundamental question is if the White Sox do move, wherever it is that they move, if they move away from that general area, what happens to the stadium? What happens to that area there? Now, that, that right. then becomes kind of interesting. I mean, some people have talked about the, uh, the, the perhaps the, the soccer team, the fire moving there into a smaller facility. Some people have also said that could be prime residential development land, uh, you know, for if, if we have need for that as well or a whole new neighborhood. But that's way, way down the road because the new stadium has to be up and the White Sox have to be playing in it wherever it might be. 
So you're looking at a decade or so down down the road before something significant could be done there. And I, I don't think that kind of timing uh, works, uh, you know, in the Bears' schedule. Right, right. The Bears got to get going, and they've they've leveled uh, the uh, the horse uh, race track. They have that area. It felt like they're waiting for whatever tax break they think they got coming, or whatever real estate taxes that are being uh, shoved upon them. Would that be more likely to be resolved if indeed they start talking? And, and with you know, when Kevin Warren is talking about how beautiful it is downtown, and where you know they're talking kind of like the South Lot, but you that that you know you can't tear down Soldier Field. Right. So you can't if you take the South lot and put a new stadium there, where do you park? I guess you'd have to level McCormick place. Well, you know, this and and don't forget, we have the land, uh, the the lakefront protection ordinance uh, here in Chicago. So that's a that that's that's a really big hill to climb to be able to use that site. But. It is the best site. It is the site that could have the most dramatic impact for Chicago, especially with the Bears looking at investing literally billions of dollars uh, in the construction of a new stadium. Uh, it's, uh, th- th- this is where we get into the local politics and, and things become far more murky. Uh, what, what ha- is it possible to, to build a, a stadium that – replace the soldier field while leaving soldier field there meaning you don't have the activities at soldier field but you have to leave the colonnades for example and uh if if uh, you know as as the as a landmark for example right. I, i'm gonna I park under I, the colonnade park. <laughs> well well actually you know don't don't joke they actually do park if you look at the north yep. lot yeah that's, that's actually underneath there so right. it, there are things you can do below grade um, you know, if if there's a will and and political and economic will to do it, you know, I, how many times have we looked at that that Lakeshore East building at uh, at McCormick Place for something? It's already there, but it hardly gets used. Uh, and so, it, there 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 should be some kind of master global compromise for that that entire site, but that takes. That takes political vision, political muscle, political will, and people willing to come together to compromise, to develop something, to build something bigger and better, including perhaps more parkland, including more better use of the museum campus, which doesn't have transportation to it right now. Uh, but we're in a we're in a strange political environment, guys. People don't really talk about these. You know, since Mayor Daley's gone, we haven't really had anybody talking about these you know things like Millennium Park or or these these big projects that have generational benefit to to an area. So, Mark, we know that the Illinois Sports Facilities Authority, which owns and finance Guaranteed Rate Field, has yet to become part of these conversations and discussions looking forward. We do know at some point in time that's going to have to change and they'll have to get involved. What role do you think they will play in these negotiations and what kind of roadblocks could be posed if they do get involved? It makes a great deal of sense to use an already existing authority that that has already been um, put put in place by the legislature that has staff, that has uh, expertise, that has, has tax sources. 
that it generates and bonds that that are issued, uh, not just for for the White Sox Stadium, by the way, but also uh, they're the ones that issued the bonds for for the Soldier Field renovations 25 or so uh, years ago. So it, it makes a lot of sense that if this is something to be looked at seriously, that they be an integral part of this. But it would require um, all new state legislation. You could use the same entity, but the, the, the dollars involved and the, and the mandates and the legal rights would need to be expanded. Uh, and so the, the state, state legislation would, would absolutely be needed. But this is, this is an organization that's already in place. It already has funding. It can already spend money looking at sites and doing some, some of the, 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 the groundwork um, that's needed before a determination is made to move forward. So I, I think they should, they, they can and should play a major role. Um, whether, but the, some of the roadblocks are what I've just mentioned. Their mandate does not include uh, a, 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 a new stadium at the 78s. It does not in, uh, include looking at suburban or other locations uh, for the White Sox or for the Bears, for that matter. Uh, so that those would have to be expanded in state legislation. It'll be fascinating to follow this, Mark, because this, you know, Sox fans have issues with ownership and the spending and being the second team and all this stuff. If if Reinsdorf can pull this off, it would change the way we look at his legacy. You know, this isn't a guy, you know, and he's talked about it growing up, seeing the Dodgers leave Brooklyn. He'd be a guy that, that established a place for his team to stay when he is gone. I, I, I just think it's an opportunity, and I don't know that that matters to anybody. If you're a businessman, you want to make money. But what a, what a wonderful thing this could be if, it, if indeed the world would be a better place. Molly, I think you are right on, on point on that one. The, the first thing is moving to a site like this with this kind of project would dramatically change the relevance and the perception of the White Sox in the Chicago area. Let's, let's, let's be clear. I mean, we don't have to you know, play games here. The White Sox are not only the second baseball team in Chicago, but there's a big gap between the Cubs and the White Sox. Uh, it wasn't that way 30 years ago. 40 years ago, uh, you know, but th- there were things that happened that most people won't remember, you know, the White Sox putting games on cable television yeah. before there was penetration, Harry Carey moving from the South side to the North side. Uh, we may remember that, but a lot of people don't. And there, once that happened, there was there all of a sudden from have, being a two team market, we became basically team number one and team number two. This is one of those very few things that could happen, opportunities that could happen that could alter that perception uh, and therefore alter the relevance of the White Sox in Chicago. This is one of those very few uh, that, that could happen. World, World Series could also do it, but that hasn't happened. <laughs> and, and when that happened, the rest didn't follow. You're exactly right. That's what makes this different. That's what makes this so significant. Mark, you're the mm-hmm. best. Really appreciate yeah, your time. Yeah, thanks a ton, Mark. Oh, anytime, fellas. Love talking to you. That is our guy, Mark Annis. That is Fantastic stuff. What Just, he said there at the end, that the relevance. I agree. The relevance factor yes. that is right there, and the fact that this is happening or potentially being discussed is is exciting because of all it implies in reality, and also the thing that you know you mentioned and we talk about Jerry Reinsdorf's legacy changes, like when yeah. if this happens, three sixty. 
it really that would put him back where he changes was. Changes a lot. And then think you, yeah, three, 180. <laughs> yeah, yeah I okay. Kidding. I know what you meant. It was just, I know what you meant. They, they said there would be no geometry. Yeah. <laughs> you promised no math. All right, we'll be right back. 312 644 6767. Is your mind racing with this stuff? Doesn't it kind of blow your mind slightly? I know it's, I know I'm getting caught or up. Or are Sox it. fans inherently cynical and right. they think, well, I'll believe it when I see it. This is nothing. Stop yeah. talking, guys. Are we, uh, are we playing a shell game here <laughs> somehow? Mully and Han, the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Moving to a site like this with this kind of project would dramatically change the relevance and the perception of the White Sox in the Chicago area. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. Great conversation with Mark Gannis, uh, the, the founder and president of Sports Corps, knows everything there is to know about this kind of stuff, works with people all over the country on this. And I agree with just that statement, that the White Sox, if they could, if they could kind of create a new neighborhood, if they can bind themselves to it, so we know they're going to be there, and that's the spot. And we all these rumors about leaving and not having the nope. same financial impact, and they're not getting all these things. You, if they open that up, you level the playing field. You the the franchise you, you becomes more valuable. The playing field. I, I don't know that you're ever going to. It doesn't really matter. You're never going to no. net, catch up to the Cubs, and no. it's irrelevant. But what you do, as he said. You forever change the relevance and perception of the White Sox organization. That's a legacy. That's, That's what you're looking for. It'd be great. That's the kind of impact this city, frankly, needs. Yes. When you look at, obviously, the baseball ramifications, we'll, that's what we're here for. We'll interpret what that would mean going forward, who would do what, to, and, and, and how would they win. It's all about winning. But you look at what is possible with this concept and this idea in terms of development in the city, in that neighborhood that you're creating, in that you know mixed-use uh, parcel of land, much like they did in Atlanta with the battery around Truist Park. Ten million people frequented that last year, not going into the ballpark, but in the area, hotels, restaurants, stores, just a lot of retail activity. That would definitely be a game-changer for the South Loop, and uh, something that would 
re-energize and revitalize this organization that badly needs it. I mean, the South Loop Hitmen? <laughs> Put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> Why not? All right, we got more news. Yes, we, we got, do. We got breaking news okay. uh, here on the score. And, of course, uh, we should let you know that uh, breaking news is uh, – on 6-7, the score is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. And the Bears have uh, put in another interview request for their offensive coordinator vacancy, according to Jeremy Fowler of yes. ESPN. Chicago wants to speak with the Eagles' senior offensive assistant, Marcus Brady. The Magnificent Seven now. They have seven candidates. Brady and the Bears head coach Matt Eberflus were uh, on the same cult staff from 18 to to 21. And uh, and they, that was under Frank Reich. And Brady started out as an assistant quarterback's coach before he was promoted to QB's coach with the Colts. He was then the offensive coordinator in 21 after Nick Siriano left to become the Eagles head coach. He was fired a week before Reich in 2022. Then he went to the Eagles as a consultant, and now he's uh, an offensive assistant for 2023. Do you want to wait and get Sirianni uh, <laughs> well, tomorrow? He could or? be available, too, yeah. and I think you want to stay tuned there. He could be in play for some head coaching positions. He did take a team to the Super Bowl a year ago. As for Marcus Brady... He's got a CFL background. Yeah. He played in the Canadian Football League. He coached in the Canadian Football League. Um, but but I've been waiting for this part of the offensive coordinator search. I've been waiting for the FOFs, you know, friends of Flusi, to surface. And I asked yesterday kind of a maybe cynical question, but is like who's putting this list together if it doesn't include anybody that Matt Eberflus has an obvious connection to? It It read like a list of – candidates put together by by a general manager or an executive that was just surveying candidates and say okay we're looking for the closest thing to Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay the uh what do we call it the Shanavay connection or did we say the McShan well, connection whichever I mean whatever you prefer you prefer the Shanavay I the don't Kyle I don't Shanahan, know I, I don't Sean McVay Connection, the Shanavay connection, <laughs> okay. if you will. Yeah, I, I'm not going no, Shanavay. Because McShan is so much it, more, you think, the two guys. Shanavay sounds a little bit more like eloquent and, and you know. Oh, Shanavay. Shanavay. I'd like a table with, uh, give me a glass of Shanavay. What year, that, what vintage is Shanavay? Exactly. Where, and your, where do you store your Shanavay? McShan, again, yeah. close enough to McShan. McShan sounds like something you'd order at a fast food restaurant. Yeah. I'll have the McShan <laughs> with an extra hamburger, please, Whatever you want to call them. Those guys were compiled <laughs> uh, by people who were looking for a certain profile. This candidate, Marcus Brady, I think is on the list because of his personal relationship with the head coach, which is what you typically see in these kind of searches. Yeah, so uh, we've been wondering who's giving you the list and why you're talking to these people and how yeah. – Now you got – oh, I think my buddy might be available. <laughs> yeah. Because they're all getting fired. Well, I'm just saying. Maybe, they're all going – Can we have an HR intervention before you hire anyone? That's the thing. Bigsy alluded to it. You know, there's going to be other candidates out there who are fired. So 
One man's trash is another's treasure, and we see it around the league all the time. 16 offensive coordinator positions were filled last offseason. It's not a position where there's a ton of job security. No, it isn't. And I I don't know how much job security the guy higher in the OC has, right? I mean, I would I would be happier to be interviewing with the whole group than one guy. And I would be happier if I got a job through the general manager than the head coach in this situation. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Although I would love to know what's being discussed during these interviews. And is it offensive concepts? Is it play calming tendencies? Uh, what's your origin story? Or is it, look, I'm not coming unless you you tell me you're going to draft Caleb Williams. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, this is a good question. I'd like to, I wish I knew some of these guys to the point, you know, there have been candidates for Bears jobs that I knew pretty well, and I've been able to call somebody and get the download on exactly what's going on and what they're asking, what they're looking for. They've told us what they want. They want someone who can be multiple. They want We know what they're looking for. That doesn't mean that they're going to ask these guys about it. If they're not, I mean, they, you know, you need a couple things here. Mm-hmm. You need somebody, you need to figure out who your quarterback is before you take this job, or you need the information uh, I, about what their thought process is. I don't think they're going to know. I think they're going to have an idea. You, well, we, you know, we're, we're leaning toward this. Yeah, then you kind of then you're like, assume, okay, all right, I can, uh, I can uh, work with yeah, that. But we might have this guy. How would you work and with I him? I think I'm staying. I'll, I'll take my chances in New Orleans. Let's see this. Or, this is, or maybe I'll look around. Maybe this, I'll go back to Canada. This is good stuff. <laughs> this is very good. Other breaking news, Ian Rappaport reports that the Falcons – We'll have a second interview with Bill Belichick this weekend after meeting with Arthur Blank one-on-one this past week. Things are ramping up with the greatest coach of all time. What do you do at a second interview with Bill Belichick? I mean, really? what's the purpose? Um, Aren't you just like, if the second well, interview is like, listen, where do you want to park? Where well, do you want to eat? What, you know, what kind of furniture do you want all, for your office? First of all, Arthur Blank. Is I've said this before. I've met him a couple times. The guy is manicured like the White House lawn. He's just this guy. He's got this kind of David Niven look to him, and he's 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 just there isn't so much as a hair out of place. He's got like the nicest suits. He's just a very wealthy, well put together guy. And to have Bill come in, I wonder does Bill dress up for an interview or does he just come in with you know the shirtless Patriots. He's uh, wearing. He's going the, the the hoodie. <laughs> the, hoodie. <laughs> the hoodie is going to be on brand. You kidding so me? He's he, not dressing up he for comes Arthur Blank. In and well, like, I mean, what do you do if you're going to interview Bill Belichick? You know what you do with the second interview? You give him the contract and you beg him to come. It, it's where do you the want to sign? Is, exactly. Who do you want to hire? He's not Tell a guy. us how to draft. Well, where do you see yourself in five yeah, years? Exactly. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. What are some of your shortcomings? Right. Oh, what are, well, you know, I've won too many titles. <laughs> too much success elsewhere. Everyone thinks it's Tom. If they you were for, a tree, what kind of tree time would with you the Giants be? When I propped up Bill Parcells with the best defense out there. It just doesn't really make sense. It means they're going to hire him. Yeah. Or it means that if he's – here. here's what it really is. If, does he want to be hired? If, if he is – 
going back for a second interview, he's greenlighting the process. If he's going back for a second interview, here are the people that we have right now. You know, you know this guy. Which one of these guys do you want us to just yeah. fire on the spot? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Atlanta might be the winner of the Belichick lottery. I, I just didn't really. I think it, if they are, that. if they are, it's it's kudos to Arthur Blank mm-hmm. because Bill Belichick. Say what you want about him, and I know he's not the most, uh, you know, uh, flamboyant personality. There is a Hall of Famer right there. That's a that's a guy who is assured well, he's already achieved I, a Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, you could argue that his job as an assistant to to Parcells, you know, how many Super Bowls has, has Parcells won without Bill Belichick versus how many Bill has won without Parcells? And that's point. not that's not – Bill Parcells I, is a great it, coach. It's just a surprise that he didn't – I just didn't envision him going to Atlanta because there doesn't seem to be an identity with that franchise or that team. They have a pretty good defense. They don't have a quarterback. They have Bijan Robinson. They've got some good offensive weapons, Kyle Pitts. But I just don't know that I envision that being the fit. It's an odd fit. It's it's a bit odd. Strange. What's Harbaugh going to do? When's he going to be going back for a second interview? It's weird to me that they interviewed him in, with the Chargers and now they're still interviewing other people. Uh, it's weird to me. They have to do that, though. Yeah, I mean, there's certain people you have to talk yeah. to. Yeah. But, think- like, when when Belichick goes to an interview and he's interviewing elsewhere, don't you move your process a little faster? <laughs> yeah. And, you're, and, I mean, I'm jealous it's- of a team that interviews those two guys. Then it becomes speed dating. Right. You know? You, 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 you're to. looking at the clock if you know who you want to hire. Unfortunately, yeah. that's where the processes in place to kind of make it more legitimate are, aren't all, always given the weight they deserve. This reminds me a little bit of like Theo coming to the Cubs and, you know, well, who else should we interview? There's so many. No, no. You just hire that guy. You don't you don't interview him. You don't. You well, just let's hire face the guy. It, this, this also could be maybe overthinking it. Falcons aren't. This is mis worded the wrong way. Falcons aren't interviewing Bill Belichick for a second time. Well, Bill Belichick is interviewing the Falcons. Yeah, he's got some more thoughts. Like, for I, I have this other thing. If, if if I need this and I need that, what who we drafted? Who can I bring with me? Yeah. Do you think he's going to put the gang all back together? Can you see Josh McDaniels following him there? Is well, I Patricia going to be there? Here's is what you want. Charlie what Weiss going to surface. What, what you want. Sake. What you want is a strong general manager that can deal with with Bill. Let Bill coach. Here are our players. What you don't want is, okay, here's the keys. I'm going to move out of the owner's box, and you you know, you know, can have the team. You, you, want, you want him to work as a coach. <laughs> you do. Not as the guy that's buying the groceries. Dustin just put in the chat box, he wants to see Bill Belichick do the dirty bird. <laughs> You're beautiful. <laughs> So you want him there as well. It was just the 25th anniversary of Dan Reeves leading the Falcons to the Super Bowl, and that's what made me think of that, seeing Dan Reeves do the Dirty Bird. They have a history with coaches of a certain stature with some gravitas. So I guess Dan Reeves is a good comp, even though Bill Belichick is the greatest ever. The best ever in the history of the game. Pretty good. Pretty good to be the best.
Wouldn't you love to be the best at something? One huh? can dream. Yeah. Greatest ever. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still dreaming about my restaurant that you have me building and opening. The and house. There I'm we go. telling you, this South is going to work. We're going to put it right by the – we'll be walking. We'll get off the water taxi. That'd we'll be stop in, and then we'll go to the ballpark. Just got to find a specialty and a staff. Oh, we have also a contest. We have something oh, to give away. Ah. Dustin keeps reminding me right now you can be the sixth caller to the scores contest line, 312-540-0670, and a score. And you can score a four-pack of tickets to the 2024 Chicago Auto Show, running February 10th to the 19th at McCormick Place. For tickets and more information, visit chicagoautoshow.com. All right, we've got, uh, we've got Dan and Lawrence next, and – you're going to talk to them. I'm going to duck out of here. I got something going on. And uh, good goodbye to all. But Safe uh, travel. See you tomorrow. No one will notice. I'll back. be right back. All right. All right. See ya. <laughs> Molly and on the score. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.